Hi, I'm Vesa Terry. Welcome to episode three of Calibre Podcast as presented by Watches of Switzerland. Our discussion point is the topical subject of entering a digital age. Myself and our CEO, Brian Duffy, will be joined by one of Britain's top technology science journalists, Rob Wall. Hello, I'm Faisal Terry. I'm Senior Watch Buyer for the Watchers of Switzerland Group. I'm joined here today by Rob War, the author and technical journalist, um, and who has written about cutting-edge technology for uh, many a newspaper to include the mail on Sunday. And also joining us today is our CEO, Brian Duffy. Today's topic is um, something that's quite interesting for, the, for Watchers of Switzerland and, in, and indeed the um, industry itself, it's entering a digital age, which is why we're really um, grateful to be joined by Rob with his um, extensive uh, knowledge. It's uh, definitely a big issue at the minute, isn't it? It's uh, a lot to discuss with technology entering the watch market and watch brands increasingly dealing with technology in an interesting and innovative ways. It uh, it is um, you know we uh, we we talked in an earlier podcast about the uh, about the history of of uh, of watches and the biggest challenge to the Swiss watch industry was a technological one, but not the one that's happening now. Actually, was the the creation of uh, quartz back in the seventies hmm. and eighties that led to the explosion of uh, of the Japanese market and you know brands that that, get, that came to uh, uh, be huge and uh, that we all uh, that we all know. Um, but now we got smart technology that's come mm. along, and you know clearly the, the the Apple Watch is the one that springs to mind when uh, when everybody thinks of smart technology and watches now. Absolutely, I I mean I would say that uh, I personally don't think that they threaten the watch market in the same way that Quartz did, because to me it's more of additional functions rather than threatening the core function of actually telling the time. Uh, so it's a it's a rather different situation, and I th- I think more of an opportunity. So you don't consider it to be a disruptive technology. Well, the word disruptive is bandied around a great deal in business, and people use it to mean either a new idea that can create new markets, uh, or this unstoppable steamroller like Uber, which will crush all existing companies in the space and uh, leave only one survivor. And I think that it's disruptive as in it's a new idea and it's a new idea that's going to change the way companies work and provide new ways for existing companies to to reach new markets but i don't in any way think that it's going to sweep everything in front of it and destroy what's been before i think that the two can actually work quite comfortably alongside each other quite harmoniously there's different um absolutely i think that we're seeing you know right now we're seeing watch brands engaging with technology in a lot of quite intelligent ways and uh, I think that also we're seeing people coming from the smartwatch space sort of having to rethink how they've approached stuff. No, I, I think that's absolutely right Rob and it's exactly our experience as well uh, that it's um, that it's maybe given a, a sort of new energy to the, the kind of wrist, wristwatch world in, in some ways an additional energy, but it's it's an additional technology. It's additional functionality. Uh, I think the greatest interest uh, that people have on, on smartwatches is on other things, of fitness tracking. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, different functionality that was now heart rate tracking, that sort of thing. Things that, uh, uh, that, that certainly a mechanical watch or a quartz watch was never doing historically. 
And we actually have some research that was done because it's a question that we're asked, is, is this technology going to be disruptive to the, uh, the Swiss uh, mechanical watch business that we depend upon? Uh, and what we found out, out of a, a large number of people, actually a large uh, uh, sample of people who already had a luxury watch and who had bought a smart watch, how many of them saw the smart watch as a replacement? And the answer was 1%. Mm. So 99% saw it as something additional. Uh, and what they then had uh, uh, g generally decided to do is different wearing occasions when they're doing sport watches, uh, when they're doing sport rather, or they're walking the dog or whatever, they're going to put on their smartwatch, they're going to want to count their steps and so mm. on. Uh, but if they're in business or social situation, uh, then they're going to enjoy wearing their luxury watch again. So it's been entirely, in or not entirely, 99% incremental as the conclusion of that research. Absolutely. I think that when the technology was first discussed, uh, when Samsung announced their first smartwatch, what was it, four or five years ago, uh, I think, and, and it was obviously terrible, but uh, it uh, they announced it, and I think that a lot of Silicon Valley companies imagined that everyone would immediately switch to wearing a little phone on their wrist and that's what we'd be doing for all time after this announcement and it, it's not turned out that way people like you say are interested mainly in the fitness tracking functions i mean yep. uh, i you know I, I panic if i don't have something to count my steps when i walk to the shop because unless i've got something on to count them did it really happen and uh, i think and a lot of people get sort of quite into that fitness function but then when it came to if i was going to a business meeting where i was hoping to impress people or if i was going out for the evening i'd wear a proper ticking watch yes and as a as the shop moved as a different steps every time you go but you still have to measure it each time has to go on the graph yeah otherwise it doesn't count you got to get credit because someone up there is watching the number of steps that you take in your life absolutely yeah i've got my monthly graph to think about at the end of the month have i have i performed as well as i did before am i upgrading well, and, uh, I, th I think for most people, that's the most important function of smartwatches. And I think, again, that's something that the Silicon Valley companies didn't really expect when this technology first dawned. I think that they were expecting us all to be running apps and doing yes. very complicated stuff on the wrist. Whereas, actually, it's turned out that wearable technology works in a slightly different way than people expected. Yes. And uh, I think that, like you say, it's an additional technology rather than a replacement of what went before. Does that mean it's coming away slightly slightly away from actually the topic here? Do you think people then focus more on, on their own health? Because did you care about how many steps you took five years ago to the shop? Um, no. It's just what this is, this additional functionality away from a traditional timepiece. It's given us something else to think about, albeit probably quite a very positive thing. Hmm. So I, I think that uh, it's it's allowed people to kind of engage with their daily lives in a way that they didn't before. Like, uh, I'm frankly obsessed with tracking my sleep. And, uh, you know, every morning when I wake up, it's literally the first thing I do is to look at my sleep graph. And then I decide whether I feel tired or not. And uh, <laughs> that, uh, that tracking is, you know, it's something that people, in the same way that wearing a watch is quite an emotional experience, it's sort of, is actually quite an emotional experience in itself. And that's that's why I think you're seeing some of the Swiss brands adding that kind of functionality to watches, like a Frederick Constant have a watch. It looks very much like a Swiss watch, but it's got the tracking built in and it's behind the scenes and that allows you to have the best of both worlds. 
Yes, I mean, I, I, quite a few of the brands have done it, some more successfully than others, and, and Swiss typically, they, they, they clearly can invest in technology and wouldn't let anything of this nature happen, that they wouldn't be a part of it overall. Um, the most successful that, uh, that, that we've experienced up till recently was the, the TAG uh, Howard, uh, yeah. uh, connected watch. And the great thing about it is it was still a you know it's still a big chunky case. It still looked like a big sport watch, but it, it clearly was based upon smart technology. I think that that that's the connected from uh, Targ is it's 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 a great case in point because it just looks like one of their watches. It's a big sporty watch which yep. uh, you really notice, but and it's got you know they again they I think made a lot of effort to ensure that the technology inside it was actually quite unique a partnership with Intel yeah. uh, and you know there's a lot of engineering went into making a watch that bulky made of metal still work as a, a yeah. smartwatch and so I think that in terms of you know TAG are great for delivering quite technical watches and uh, so it fits with what they were doing and also delivers more for people who want to have a smartwatch on the wrist yeah I mean TAG is a real you know, 20th century innovator and go back to their history. Mm. More or less the, the creators of the chronograph when you go way back to the early days of speed racing and measurement and so on. And uh, they're part of a group uh, that's chaired by a really inspirational chairman, a guy called Jean-Claude Biver, and uh, very much uh, someone looking to the future in terms of technology, in terms of marketing, and uh, I, I think a real inspiration for a lot of people in, the, in this industry. And, Interestingly, so he, he did have the big success with the tag connected watch, and then another huge success that we had very recently was a uh, the Hublot referees watch, and again Hublot, a big chunky, uh, 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 very attractive uh, watch, um, but uh, and again with that big case, but with entirely smart technology, yeah, telling you when your team. Unfortunately for you and I, it, it wasn't our teams in Scotland weren't there, but. Um, but whatever team you can actually set it for, it would tell you when the games, it would tell you the uh, uh, the line-up of the players, it, it, mm. it would tell you when goals are scored, it would tell you when England were going into a penalty shootout, which everybody in Scotland was very keen to uh, keep the Thoroughly for. excited about. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a £4,500 watch. Yeah. So it was we couldn't get enough of them. Eh? Well, we were we were incredibly lucky. We've got a great relationship with the brand, so we did have the um, majority that came into the UK. They were uh, limited quantities only. But going back to the aesthetics, which ties into what you were saying, Rob, about um, tag, they made it look like a big bang. So yeah. when the World Cup was over, it was known as the referee watch, launched of the referee watch. You could still wear a Hublot that looked like a Hublot, and the technology could be updated. And I think it was integral for these brands. Um, if actually on, on, on the referee watch in particular what the brand made it very 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 clear was they were not entering this market yep. this was just a one off limited mm. edition that they were doing and I think that made, created the desire all the more I mean it was sold out we couldn't get enough unfortunately we, you know, we had to disappoint a huge amount of, uh, of customers um, but they made sure that once the, the, um, the tournament was done you could, this watch could still be worn as a tech watch, but still like, look like a big bang. And the same with with Tag. They, as they as they have um, entered that market, there's no point in them creating a watch that doesn't look like a Tag because yeah. otherwise there are so many other options on the market. They yeah. wanted it to be loyal to their 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 Tag sort of followers. Um, and it's quite it's clever because if you like the brand you're going to potentially have several within that collection and you want if you're buying into it 
these brands create icons you know what you're buying you know what somebody's wearing from 50 paces because the majority of the time it's um it's it's a really strong pillar yeah <coughs> i think very clever of hublot as well to bring together so many things because hublot were one of the major sponsors of the world cup mm. uh, they're a sponsor of the champions league so they're hugely associated with football um are hugely associated with sport uh, they were able to bring all that to bear then and the smart technology and uh, uh, make it look like a big bang as you say uh, and also have themselves uber present on uh, on digital uh, communication. Absolutely, so but I, th- I, th- I think that that's something that watch brands can really bring to the technology spaces. There's this real, uh, I suppose it's a- attention to detail when it comes to product and marketing, whereas uh, for you know a Silicon Valley or technology companies, they they'll often make the you know the operating system of a watch almost purposefully bland because it has to work across however many dozens of countries and it has to work in the same way and it has to be incredibly easy to understand whereas what's great about the way that uh, both Tag Heuer and Hublot have have approached the uh, smartwatch thing is it's just to add this interesting detail which it ties in with their marketing goals with the goals from the referees and Tag Heuer has got the tie-in with uh, Premiership referees and they've but you know with the connected there's also the option to change chronograph dials on the surface of your watch to delivering different kinds of information and there's watch faces which are scanned from classic Tag Heuer's uh, in sort of great detail so that a watch fan can get more out of it than a normal smartwatch buyer would. And that's something that these companies are sort of uniquely good at and well positioned to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I, I think it's no surprise that they're both in the same stable, Hublot and Tag Heuer, and, and they have been the most successful at blending smart technology with their traditional uh, position in the marketplace. And I do think that how they you know, market themselves uh, ties in with a digital age as mm. well. And Hublot is all over uh, social media. Uh, ever ex- immediately uh, tweeted or, or communicated and so the, the, the customer who's more likely to respond to smart technology is more likely to be getting all of their information uh, from the internet, from social media mm. and so on and uh, and the digital world of, uh, of communication now is a very, very interesting one for the, uh, for the, uh, the watch world. Do you think, sorry, do you think there is a direct link between um, digital marketing and social media and how it's impacted the industry? I, mean, I, I think absolutely, no doubt, and it, it's one that we've, we've certainly seen coming and we've become very, very active on. Um, the thing about watches is there's so much to learn and enjoy and understand. Uh, and in days gone by, you did that by going to your local you know, watch and jewellery store and, and learning about it. Uh, but now you can go online and mm-hmm. there is just so much wonderful information that you can enjoy uh, of the history, of the innovations, of the advertising, of the sponsorships that go on, the icons that represent the brand, uh, that JFK, you know, uh, you know uh, wore a um, day date, uh, uh, Rolex given to them by Marilyn Monroe or whatever, the sto- everything you can learn now online and people do. Uh, the statistics we have is that 90% of uh, purchasing journeys of Swiss watches start with uh, online research. 
that's a, that's that's a, I, I'm actually quite surprised it's that high because uh, I, th- I think it, it took it took quite a lot of watch brands quite a while to start engaging. But then, when since they have, they've really gone in guns blazing. And uh, I mean, I, I think that you know something like uh, for if you're aiming to reach a certain certain kind of consumer, you know, uh, luxury watches are you know they're a product that belongs on Instagram because you know they're they've got that sort of they're 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 built for that photography. They're built for uh, in the same way that you you know they previous previously people would learn about watches on magazines printed on really high quality paper. Instagram, yep. with its sort of obsession over these sort of filtered, really high quality photos, it's just a natural home yeah. for luxury watch brands. It's it's one of the few products that the presentation in some ways in is enhanced. Uh, on a screen that uh, you know, fashion has a real difficulty of uh, of doing themselves justice online because yeah. you're showing small pictures of big products that you actually should see and and feel and touch. But in the case of watches, you can actually enlarge them. You do 360 degrees. You can explode the uh, uh, the componentry and so on. There's so much you can learn and be assisted in learning uh, online. That I think it's a real boom actually for uh, the Swiss watch industry. Uh, that online now is is there and so prevalent and uh, and such a great source of research and communication. It's almost ironic, isn't it? Because some of these brands are so traditional and so purist, yet what has happened gives them the opportunity to um, it, it gives a lot more access to those that want to research it. Because if you can't get your hands on the product or you not want to go in store, or all of those all of those functions, as you said, whether it's just the the technical detail um, a, a better enhancement visually it's all at, a fi- at, the, at your fingertips now before you can physically come and see us in watches of Switzerland and ask oh I've had a look at this watch can, uh, can do you have any in stock yes but I I mean I think that uh, when you look at people who are you know natives to this world of uh, smartphones and technology you know that it's the way that they re- you know the way that they they shop for technologies it can, can be quite surprising, as you see with the vinyl revival, that people, although these are you know consumers who obviously live in a world where their smartphone is with them all the time and who respond to advertising within that space, when they actually go out shopping, they want something that's a bit more classic. They want to engage with a sort of more tactile kind of technology. And again, uh, a sort of classic Swiss watch fits into that in much the same way as, you know, paying over the odds to listen to your albums on vinyl because it just sounds slightly better. Mm. Yeah, and, and I like a great thing about a mechanical watch is I think it is a, a technical, uh, um, amazing thing that uh, that so much can go on so accurately in so little space, like mm. forever. Uh, but nevertheless, I can understand that I can understand that a mainspring was was wound and releases energy and an, an escapement uh, uh, mechanism effectively controls the release of that energy that controls the speed with which ultimately the hands go round. I can see it and I can figure it. I'll never figure a microchip. There'll yeah. always be some kind of magic there that I don't quite get. But I, I, I get how this works and I love the fact that it works and I love that it's mine. And uh, and I love that it looks so nice, and uh, you know I just love having it all. And it's, it's just interesting. It's one of those uh, skills that people really do value, and I think will do forever. Oh no, absolutely. And and uh, again, that's similar to the experience of watching a needle drop onto a vinyl record. Because yes. when I when I watch that at home, I know 
exactly what is happening to that wave yep. that is in the vinyl and how what exactly every stage that it goes through before it comes out through the speakers yeah. and I can understand that and again it's it's just it, it's something that in this age where we're so surrounded by microchips and so and which moves so quickly I think that uh, that sort of technology it, it's never going to lose its appeal no and it's interesting I think we are uh, we kind of devalue and take for granted microchip technology we don't value it as highly no. Right, because is we know it can be mass produced and we know it's magical and we know that it works. And is it because it's constantly changing? So there's a disposable element. It's, yes. I mean, it's evolving, as do sort of um, developments in watches, but there's a very different... You're talking about artisan and special, specialism versus what can be quite... Tran it's not transient because obviously it's a technology that's just constantly building, but it is um, ever-changing. But it's, it's a, the, the improvements, I mean... Particularly with, I mean, I, I think with smartwatches, they have improved quite rapidly simply because the first models were really pretty bad and uh, people have had to really rethink what they're expected to do and stuff like that. Like, for instance, I'd only say that really Apple Watch has kind of become interesting this year, whereas in previous years, I mean, they just, they didn't, they didn't deliver and, you know, they... I think you know some people really like the look of the Apple Watch. I personally don't think it's the most attractive object that Apple has ever designed. Uh, but I think in terms of the function, we're only now this year's crop of, well, this year and last year's crop of smartwatches, we're only now seeing ones that actually deliver enough in terms of battery life and screen to make them actually interesting. And I, I think that with the technology market, it tends to be that sort of, it you know it it evolves. It's 15% more processor performance, it's 20% more battery life, which are numbers that it's very hard to get excited about. We Whereas in, in the watch market, you know, people can produce these absolutely outrageous and feats of engineering inside a watch, and it's sort of like engineering taken to the point where it's art. And uh, you can sort of look at it, and again, with, the, with regards to digital marketing materials, you can actually see inside it, see it exploded, and knowing know that you've got this incredible thing on your wrist. Whereas, when everything's on a circuit board, it's uh, slightly harder to get uh, worked up over it. Yeah, not and, quite and so exactly. Just like we say, I think the human reaction to that is to to devalue what we feel we can't understand that we think of it uh, as disposable. And actually, I'm just thinking as you said that I remember when the in the quartz crisis and Casio watches digital and all that happened you used to get one free with a full tank of petrol right? yes back in the day you <coughs> you'd have got it driving into Edinburgh I'm sure Rob or, or maybe in Edinburgh they were too mean maybe they, <laughs> they never gave you they never gave you the free watch they would actually charge you for it back then but but it was completely devalued it was completely disposable hmm. and uh, the reality is people would rather have a five thousand pound mechanical watch yeah, one you got free with a with a full tank of petrol. <laughs> Rob, going back to your point about you've only just found um, this year's um, sort of the more recent launches of smart watches, particularly the Apple Watch, I think quite interesting. Is it because we have got greedy in that first generation was never going to be fantastic? Mm, um, no. We always knew it was going to develop. It was just Apple that happened to launch it pretty much first with impact, and we knew that they would the the the, the enhancements would they would only get better but do people need a smart watch when you've got the technology in your phone is so much more advanced anyway 
it's just is it splitting it is it adding to it is it enhancing it i think that uh, what's happened with the apple watch and the reason i find it the product more interesting this year is that they've doubled down on the stuff that people actually like in watches which is the health tracking functions so this year they've got the ecg reader uh, which isn't available in the uk at launch but which will be added via so- software update later uh, and you've got the fall detector for older people so that they can alert the emergency services if they fall and don't get back up again and so they've what apple has done is is that they've backed off from this idea of the watch that does everything of the smartphone on your wrist and they've doubled down on something that's a health device and i think that that's that's the thing that people use these devices for most of all i mean i personally like to get alerts on my wrist if i get an email and uh, i mean i'm i'm a freelancer this means i can actually be in the park with my kids and then uh, get the alert and pretend that i'm actually working <laughs> and um I, I like to get those things, but those aren't the functions that people imagined would take off with smartwatches. I think there's a, a less is more approach that uh, is, is people are now realising is the right one. People want watches that buzz, perhaps, to tell you you've got an email or you've got a text. They want something that will count their steps and monitor their sleep. And uh, again, these are functions that Swiss brands are engaging with. I think what Silicon Valley has, because really in the in this, for the technology brands, only Apple Watch is really succeeding. I mean, uh, Google's has sort of engaged more with fashion brands uh, and has obviously engaged with Tag Heuer uh, to produce products that with other people. Whereas within the just within the world of technology, really only the Apple Watch has actually succeeded. The people who just thought it's going to be just another computer on your wrist, that's it's not an idea which I think is going to people people are going to sort of continue with. No, I'd, I'd agree with it. I'm, honestly, I'm not sure if the Apple Watch has met their uh, expectation uh, overall. Although no, I would I, agree, it's the one that's uh, probably moving farthest in terms of uh, uh, responding to what what people are valuing. And it, it still kind of amazes me that that uh, you've got to check your watch to know whether you slept well last night or not. <laughs> Or fight, but figure I, out if you're tired. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, I didn't sleep well actually. Yeah, I feel a bit. My rough. watch tells yeah. me that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was feeling fine up until I checked. Uh, <laughs> well, I, checked I, I use it also to tell my wife that she's kept me up by reading with the light on. I'll just go look. All uh, oh, right. I didn't actually get to sleep till eleven thirty here. All oh, right. Uh, we probably sh- we probably shouldn't delve into that too uh, uh, too far. But uh, where where I think the real revolution has uh, has happened in a very beneficial way for our industry is uh, on digital information mm. actually just like we were discussing earlier if I could bring us back to that and and what we found here in Watches of Switzerland is people come in very informed now yeah. uh, the days of somebody coming in and saying I've got 5,000 or 10,000 what should I buy are pretty much gone uh, and we have people now coming in who are, uh, are very very informed uh, and our salespeople therefore have to re- respond in a different way they, they know they're dealing with a, a good level of understanding and so on and people have done a lot of that pre-work uh, effectively before they come to our stores. Uh, I mean, I, I'm always quite dazzled by the the way that a lot of watch bloggers engage with the device. It's really quite incredible. The, I, I guess, you know, they, I mean, that's, that's something that, uh, that's come from 
technology blogs as well. There'll be yep. these guys who'll go out and they'll document every day with something for 30 days. And uh, the funny thing is that it's a very laborious way to understand something, but it's actually an incredible way to get information about a device. Because you, you read it and you know the ins and outs of it, you know it backwards. And uh, I think that you know within the watch market, it just it allows you to have this total understanding of what it may, might be like to actually have it on your wrist for a month before uh, you've ever picked it up. Yes, you know, and uh, uh, there's a lot of influencers, and actually, um, a fundamental thing in this business is trust. You got to trust who you're who you're dealing with, the information that you're getting. You're going to part with a lot of money. You're not going to do it too often, so you really want to trust. And again, I think the internet with uh, with bloggers and uh, different influencers give a real trust and credibility and an honesty, if you like, in their their assessment of uh, of products. I, I think that also that I mean, I, you know, some brands have you know played on the watch industry's history of uh, celebrity partnerships, where it's about this person wears it. And yep. that's something that sort of segues very neatly into, you know, an Instagram influencer, a, a blogger, and, you know, people people who sort of inhabit that world of celebrity, but are also on Instagram. It, it's sort of those two, I mean, with, with some of the celebrity endorsements, it's almost like influencer marketing was invented many decades ago by the watch industry mm. and uh, it's just uh, the two have sort of blended together to create this sort of way that you know people can understand what watch they might want to wear yep. and then there's this huge world of information out there for them to uh, discover more about. And uh, we're uh, launching in America, uh, we've actually launched in America, we're going to be opening some uh, some big stores in New York. We've got one in Las Vegas already and something very interesting there is that there's a whole community of watch enthusiasts that, that are grouped together. So there are, there are um, you know, online uh, groupings, there's a group called Watchinista, there's Hodinki, there's Red Bar. Mm. And there's a huge interest in this community getting together, sharing their experience. Uh, talking about the watches, talking about research. So I've been a, a lot happening in the digital world with products and uh, and with uh, with communication. So, just in in, in summary for then for all of what we talked about, wh- where do we see this going? What's uh, what's digital technology going to do for product and for communication for the watch world in the future? I think that uh, in terms of product, you'll see people. Uh, you'll see more brands adding functions. But I don't think we're going to see, you know, suddenly uh, ticking watches will suddenly be swept away by a tide of screens. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that you'll see interesting functions which add something to the watch proposition, such as counting your steps or just simply making the watch buzz when you've got an email. I think you'll see more brands experimenting with that idea. And I think you'll see hybrid watches which offer a traditional face but some level of smart functionality. I think you'll see those becoming a big trend and possibly, you know, I mean, as you said about Apple Watch, I think I think for Apple it hasn't performed quite as well as they thought it would. And, you know, I think Apple has a legion of fans who would buy anything with the Apple logo on the back, even if they brought out a cheese grater. Uh, there would still be a few million sales in that. And uh, so I think that uh, within the watch market, you'll see people intelligently using technology to drive their product lines forward. And I think that uh, in terms of marketing, you're going to see the brands that are already engaged 
get more and more smart with what they're doing. I think there's a lot of people already making an impact and I think that we'll also see brands which have perhaps held back and preferred to stay with a traditional way of doing things. I think you're going to see them be dragged kicking and screaming into the digital world as they watch how it helps uh, other brands sell. Faye, where, where do you think we're going? I don't think think I mean, the, the statistic you gave us earlier Brian was really interesting one percent um, feel that it's 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 taken away from traditional watchmaking yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to change I think there is a place in the market for both I think the functionality of a traditional wristwatch versus a, um, a smartwatch you can if affordability you can have both and I think the price point is very different um, the technology is constantly going to improve, and I, from where how close we are with the watch brands and the relationships we have, it doesn't feel that anybody has got any um, desire to break into that market. Um, brands like Tag, it was natural for them to do so because that's what their client is about. So if it's in line with their ethos and the type of their their demographic then we'll see the brands go in that direction but I think it's unlikely that the majority of the brands we stock at Watches of Switzerland will suddenly start introducing smartwatches it's not to say they, none of them won't Braymont, um, sorry, Breitling have done it and Mont Blanc <coughs> um, doesn't mean it's the success of the brand um, but it's great to see that they're trying other things but I don't think it's going to re-sculpt our industry I would uh, totally agree with that. Um, I think, uh, and I agree with you both. Actually, I, I think it is a new technology, new functionality, uh, and I think in inexpensive watches. You mentioned the fashion watch category uh, earlier. They're really embracing uh, connected, and it is new functionality in that sort of sub five hundred pounds. That was all quartz in the first place, and now it's quartz plus uh, smart technology. I think that's where where the functionality belongs, and that's where we'll see it develop further. I think the, uh, the the Swiss brands. I think I get. I agree. Fay Tag and Hublot are, are. It's it is in their ethos. They they are uh, very very contemporary, very kind of forward looking. So it kind of belongs in their world. And I think we'll see them continue to do innovative things with a strong marketing association. Uh, but I don't think in our lifetime we're going to see a Rolex with a smart technology or a Patek Philippe at any point with the smart technology. I don't think that uh, by any means would uh, would ever happen. So I think what we define as a Swiss luxury mechanical watch market um, is not going to be affected by the product technology, but is a huge beneficiary of uh, of the communication uh, through digital means now, and it's really given a, a big stimulant actually to the market overall. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been it's been great. Um, it's been great to chat with you. We do have a question actually just from um, our audience. So just before you leave us, could you was wondering if you could uh, um, just let us know your thoughts on why do you think there has been such a move back to analog watches over their digital counterparts? I I, I think that uh, for a younger generation uh, who are just absolutely saturated in digital media every second of the day. There's been they they sort of think about technology in a sort of a, a way that sort of predisposes them to liking classic stuff so that uh, for instance 
you know, in a, in your hipster coffee shop, it'll be an Italian hand cranked espresso machine. You know, a design which has been around for decades. It w- it won't be the digital one that you have at home where you push the button. And likewise, when they go to listen to music, they'll spend twenty pounds for a a sort of heavyweight printing of the vinyl record and enjoy technology in that way. And I think that in within that, there's also uh, a return to the analog way of telling time, because for people who are, you know, they're overloaded with ways to tell the time. They're they've got the, the time on every single screen around them, and so for 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 them, I think that uh, the appeal of an an- analog watch is it's a return to an older way of doing things, and it's a, a more emotional way to engage with. Uh, telling the time, it's a more emo- emotional way to engage with technology and I think that in this world I think it makes sense for, for everyone Can I just add to that for you, I think something interesting that really happened, we've mentioned the quartz crisis a couple of times and it, it was hugely decimating, it was the biggest thing that had a negative impact in the Swiss watch industry in the last 250 years uh, but it led to all of the digital screens and that's what was associated with, with the quartz and the Japanese watches at the time and the the saving of the Swiss watch industry was hugely influenced by the, uh, by uh, Nicholas Hayek Senior uh, when he bought up uh, a lot of the manufacturing there, and then eventually launched a quartz watch range, which was a Swatch uh, collection. But it was analog. It was fun. It was colourful. It was cool. But it was analog, mm. and uh, and it had that element of tradition, and it was very overtly Swiss as well with the flag and so on. So it reminded people of uh, how it should be and that is that the Swiss make great watches and they should have a minimum of two hats. Thank you. We'd love your thoughts on today's subject so please do subscribe and feedback on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for joining us.